Sue, Grit, Iron, Campbell, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by two members of the collective that is, oh, not the disciple, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself. Don't know when the disciple will be joining us next, hopefully sooner rather than later. I do have his picks in hand in addition to the rest of the collective as we get you set for championship weekend in the National Football League. First, want to check in with my guys. Mo is back stateside and Donnie escaped the haunted house he was staying in in beautiful Jersey City, New Jersey. First, Mo, you have a somewhat crisper internet connection. You're back stateside. How cold is it? In Omaha right now. You guys ready for this chef's Arctic freeze that is en route? Well, it sounds like it might be um, Hopefully it is, and it looks like we're going to get all the snow up here. So I'll take less snow uh, in Arrowhead. I like it. It's like, it's like when a fan says that they'll take the injury, like take my knee, take my bone away, and somehow transplant it to the player. I like it, Mo. You're willing to step in front of the Arctic freeze for your hometown chefs. What about you, DP? Back in Vegas. No more haunted house. How you feeling, kiddo? I uh, feel good. Um, happy to be back here in Vegas. Uh, th- this time of year, I always think is a really fun time to be back in Vegas when it's the you know the heart of the NFL playoffs uh, championship weekend coming up at the Super Bowl. It's going to be a lot of fun to be here, see everything that's going on, and also kind of just chill out after a lot of travel these last couple weeks. Yeah, Super Bowl ends, then it's conference tournaments in college basketball, and then it's March Madness, and then it's the World Series of Poker. This is when things start to compile on themselves and you blink and the summer will be over and it'll be 2020 since it's insane how fast the time flies and it's crazy that this football season is about to come to a close but before it does we need to set the the stakes for the super bowl one versus two one versus two very fun and not surprising if you look at recent history so a lot of people have been talking about I believe it's since 2012, no team has made the Super Bowl by playing a road game in the playoffs. And even beyond that, in the modern era, and I always say the modern era is from illegal contact on. 2004, they initiated uh, or at least emphasized the illegal contact rule where if you sniff on a receiver (laughs) more than five yards down the field, The offense just gets an automatic first down five yards. Uh, Since that rule was instated, home teams in the conference championship, 21 and 7 straight up, 17 and 11 against the spread. That that ATS number is north of 60%. And on top of that, it is offense time. The over has come in 17, 9, and 2 that too is above 60%. So home teams and over have crushed in the modern era. All the rules on their side. A little bit of bias from the officiating, whether it be on purpose or not. And here we go, one verse two, one verse two. And we start in the bayou. Rams at Saints. It is a rematch of a regular season tilt where the Rams 
were getting crushed early and then came back, stormed back, tied the game, but the Saints ultimately won the game and covered. We're going to be using the line three and a half, but there are certainly threes out there. And if you are betting on this game, shop for lines. Get the best line for whatever side that you want. And the total that I am seeing is 57. We are split right down the middle in this game. Uh, Bert Minotti, who is not with us, took the Rams. And he is being a good disciple because Mo also has LA. DP and myself are on the home team. Mo's really been buzzing about the Rams in the chat this week, so we're going to kick it over to him. What do you like L.A. in this spot, Mr. Noor? Well, when was the last time the Saints offense actually impressed you? I don't know. I will say that towards the end of the season, when they did not impress me, it was mostly on the road. The games that stick out to me are at Cowboys, at Bucks, at Panthers, Last week wasn't great, but a lot of those games were on the road against either a good defense in Dallas or conference opponents in Tampa Bay and Carolina. November, maybe. I mean, I think at this point, like you have to look at that and say that's a trend. I mean, anymore. I think a big concern is the cornerback been really poor versus top wide receivers that's where they rank 28th in the league. And that's where we have to wonder uh, a keep to lead might help that. Um, I think that's the biggest question uh, going into this game. If he can limit Michael Thomas five for 90 or something like that. Um, I think Rams roll here uh, because there's not much else that should trouble them. They've been really good. Well, stopping the run should trouble them. Running. They're awful. They're they're awful at stopping the run. I don't, I don't care about the run. It's 2019. Well, that's why um, the Rams won last week, was running the ball. Jared Goff didn't do anything last week, except I mean, hand the ball to fat C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley. Well, it can help, but is how efficiently you can pass. Um, They've been really good covering running backs out of the backfield. They're fourth in the league the Saints and I just think this is all about the strengths of the defense like when you look at teams play defense the best players the Saints have are in the back the best best players the Rams have are up front and I I much up front in 2019 I think Goff is going to have all day to throw in a dome versus a exploit Um, if you get some time if you get some uh, protection and I think probably make enough plays up front that they can slow down this Saints offense, like get some sacks, get, get some pressure. Um, I know the Saints have a really good O-line, but I think Donald and Sue, I mean, nobody, I mean, they just crushing up front. And I think they're going to cause a lot of problems. And I really think the, uh, I it's the fish side for sure, but I think... The total is too low, way too low last time these two teams played. Um, and I really like the Rams. I think uh, Rams is pretty much a gift. I mean, you're paying some juice there. But even better, most best bet this week. Try to rebound from last week. It's money line. Let's go. So the biggest issue for me is that it's easy on paper to say, let's put Tlaib 
on Michael Thomas and believe that he can slow him down. And it's another thing to actually execute on that. Tlaib has only played, I just had it up here, I think it's 16 snaps at slot cornerback this season. It's not something he's comfortable doing. Whereas Michael Thomas, a third of his targets have come from the slot. 58 of his 162. So Tlaib is not going to be comfortable playing the slot, even if he does travel with him. And, you know, even if he does travel with him, like I don't believe that Aqib Tlaib is just going to be able to stop Michael Thomas. Uh, and if they don't swap, right, if if Marcus Peters stays on one side and Tlaib stays on the other, like I don't know why Michael Thomas would even sniff the right side of the line of scrimmage, just play him on Marcus Marcus Peters' side and let him eat. And on the other side of the ball, uh, or on when it comes to running, like I don't know how you can be not afraid of just how poor this Rams run defense has been. 28th in DVOA. Mark Barron and Corey Littleton, I, I brought it up last week. They're both sub-60 on PFF in terms of run stopping, and Dante Fowler is just as bad. He's in the 50s as well. He's a pure pass rush defensive end so there's a lot of liability there in running the football and I, I just I don't know that we can just blanketly take that away because of I mean we again like I said just we saw it just last week how the Rams dominated the game by running the ball against a good a good rush defense um, obviously the biggest thing in this game for me is that uh, Sheldon Rankin's injury from last week that that's those are the two big inserts, outserts. Aqib Tlaib didn't play the first time, and now Sheldon Rankins is out. Rankins, I favor more than numbers. I was actually looking on PFF, and he only has a 73 run-stopping rating, and both of his backups, albeit in limited time, have better ratings than him, which is a bit strange. Like To my eyes, Sheldon Rankins is a really good run-stopper, bordering on elite, so that's a big loss. So... I originally loved the Saints in the spot. I can just envision Goff going there and crumbling like a cookie. Out of the quarterbacks in the Final Four, he has the worst uh, pass ra- uh, passer rating when under pressure. I think it goes from uh, like 110 when clean to 60 when pressured. So if the Saints can generate any sort of pass rush and create any sort of pressure in the Dome, I think he's going to struggle. DP, you also clicked Saints. What you got here? How are they going to generate the pressure? Blitzing. like This this Rams O-line has been elite, and I think they're going to... I mean, they look fantastic against Dallas. Here's my thing about the Rams. Why don't you just blitz them? Like, almost like run blitz concepts on every down. Like, do we trust Jared Goff if he's getting six guys sending him every play? to always make the right throw? I don't. And I don't trust any of these receivers to really work open early in routes either. Like, which of these receivers is just getting off of press man into their breaks and getting open? Like, none of these guys. Like, Brandon Cooks, maybe? But, like, Bobby Uh, Woods. Robert Woods. That dude isn't... No, Bobby Woods is average. Stop. Stop. Robert Woods is amazing. Amazing. System receiver. Come on, get out of here. DP, what's your take? Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Robert Woods is amazing. Uh, he gets open like every play. I mean, nobody can stay on him. That's their whole offense. Yeah, guys I think open. their whole offense is always <laughs> open because of how they run it. Like saying Chris Hogan's elite because he gets open. So the Saints are just at everybody. 
with this 22nd ranked pass defense. No, that is a concern for sure. That's why that's another one of the reasons why I think they should just blitz every play. Their secondary stinks. Eli Apple is a concern. Kurt Coleman is a concern. So let's just generate some pressure. Put uh, Lattimore, let him press man on Brandon Cooks and make make these other clowns beat you. DP, give it to us. All right. So, I mean, Rich, you mentioned uh, right at the tail end of, of your thing about uh, Jared Goff just crumbling to, uh, in this game. And that does that does definitely scare me and that's you know one of the reasons why i lean towards the saints here you know i trust sean payton i trust drew Brees a bit more um as you mentioned i know that uh, akib talib is back in the game um but i'm not sure he's going to be as much of a factor as people think and i think that's for two reasons one uh i mean michael thomas has proved all year that it doesn't matter who the hell's on him he's always going to catch balls and seemingly be open and even if he's not open he's still going to make catches and make plays Uh, he's done very well at that and I also think uh, the Saints are going to go a bit more with a running attack than people are thinking Um, the Saints uh, I mean Mo mentioned the Saints offense hasn't been as high flying as it was much earlier in the season Uh, they're definitely running the ball a bit more than I think people want to believe I mean the Saints when you think of the Saints you think of Drew Brees you think of Michael Thomas you think of high flying you think of the dome all that sort of stuff tons of points blah 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 um but you know they are running the ball uh, a ton and they get to run it against the team that was 28th ranked in DVOA in the season in the Rams and you know with Kamara uh back there and then um Mark Ingram as well I think that they you know can game plan that way and be able to move the ball not so much through the air but more so on the ground I think that really plays in into their favor uh, and then, yeah, going back to Jared Goff, just don't like him here in this environment, all on the line down in New Orleans. You know, I feel like Sean McVay knows that. That's why they came out with the game plan last week. And that was at home against what I think is an inferior team to the Saints team. And that's the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you know, he didn't meant to let Goff throw a ton. He only threw 28 times for 186 yards. Uh, they gave the ball nearly 40 rush attempts to C.J. Anderson and uh, Todd Gurley. I think that, uh, you know, he's going to be looking to do that again. And at this time of the year, you're going to need your QB to win some games and step up big. And I just don't think Goff has it at the end of the day. The thing that concerns me the most about Goff is that I don't know how much pre-snap reading he does at all. You know, there's this famous thing about they get to the line of scrimmage with as much time remaining in the play clock so that Sean McVay can relay some changes based upon what the defense is showing. And I don't know how much you can do that on the road in the dome. Like, can Jared Goff even hear him through the headset? And then can he communicate to the players if there's a change to be made, what that change is? Like, I don't think so. So I think the Rams are going to have to do things that they're not comfortable doing or don't normally do on offense, which is a big change. I, to me, the bi- the biggest thing in this game and the biggest thing in the next game is is just home field. Like I think home field, especially in this conference championship, is a real thing, and it's not a fluke that since two thousand four, since the rules all changed, since you can't sniff on anybody, that home teams are twenty one and seven. Like they're just crushing at home. I think that's a massive advantage in this spot. Robert Woods only the number on PFF this year, by the way. Just just a warm body out there. I mean, he, he can't do much. All right, so so I pulled it up. Are you taking Robert Woods? He's one over Keenan Allen. Are you taking him over Keenan Allen? Very similar to Keenan Allen. I mean, oh, they're just okay. Too... okay. I, I can't, I can't continue. out of the chat, yeah, please. I, I, like, <laughs> I can't even continue this conversation if you think they're in the same neighborhood. You guys obviously haven't been watching Robert 
Yeah, I've seen him breaking open when nobody's covering him because that's how the Rams play football. I feel like no one's ever on these Rams receivers, like within five yards of them. Yeah, no one. Which is, is fine. That's the scheme that they run, and that's really good. But I don't ever see them ever contested. Like all these people that keep pointing to Cooper Cup's injury as like a turning point in the season. Like, get out of here. Like, <laughs> I don't understand it. I mean, Cooper Cup's good. Uh, Robert Woods is really good. Robert Woods was getting open for. Couldn't hear you there. Getting open for the Bills, you said. Yes. Game is closer than I think, or than I thought I was going to think it was. Mo seems to have the heaviest lean on the Rams. I think the Saints are slightly the better side. If you can get them at three, that is preferable for me. All right, I love the under. You That's love my the, best bet. You love the under. I do not like the under. I do. I do not want to be sweating the under in this game. Hey, you guys told me when it hurts, it's it's the right side, right? Yeah, that is that is a Mo classic. Holding on to an under 57 ticket is going to hurt the entire game. A game where I certainly love the over, especially now that the weather seems to have cleared up. 28 degrees and only 7 mile an hour winds, not the Arctic chill that they were predicting. The Arctic chill that Mo is welcoming with open arms. It's what we thought it was always going to be. Chiefs, Pats, AFC Championship, Mo versus Donnie. This is for all the marbles. And DP, after shitting on the Patriots the entire season, after shitting on Stephon Gilmore, the number one cornerback in coverage per PFF, he is a lone wolf on his New England Patriots, plus the three at Arrowhead. DP, you were just sandbagging us the whole season, eh? I mean, I guess I was. Uh, I mean, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what to think. I mean, last week it just it seems like the same old crap that we see every single year. And maybe I'm just, maybe I'm taking the Patriots in defeat of my own take. Maybe I'm just coming off the mountain that I was trying to stand on. And I just, I can't, I can't do it. I can't go against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in this spot. Um, I mean, overall looking at this game. So I think that new England's defense is going to play a bigger role than people think. I know they haven't been good, but I think they're going to be a little bit better than we anticipate they're going to be. And that that's mostly largely because of uh, Bill Belichick and the way that he's going to be able to coach them up and get them ready uh, to get the stops that they need. I don't think that they're going to stop the Chiefs every single time, but I think that they'll stop them enough. Uh, the defensive line has been good uh, for Kansas City, um, switching switching it up to the Patriots' offense here. But the, the New England's offensive line has been really good all year. You haven't really heard any of the problems uh, that we've talked about in years past, uh, largely because New England's just been healthy. You know, they haven't really had to play that that re- revolving door situation where, you know, you're sticking guys in, pulling guys off the street, all that sort of stuff. So I like uh, New England's offensive line to be able to minimize uh, what uh, Kansas City's defensive line, who has looked pretty good, uh, especially recently, uh, has been able to do. Um, and then, obviously, I like Tom Brady. Um, I think that Tom Brady is just – he's – He's good, man. I know you guys hate him, but uh, I think Tom Brady is really good. I think he's gonna he's gonna really perform here. I think he's extra motivated to do so. Tom Brady's record in cold weather games, hat tip to Evan Silva, is twenty four and four in sub thirty degree games. So he's also that th- gets three and four on the road in the playoffs. Hey, man, I know, but uh, you know th- they got stuff to prove this year. I, I think, I think, I don't know. I, I just think it's different. 
I mean, listen, I, I'm all, I'm not necessarily picking them to win, but I'm I'm taking the three three points. So there's there's a difference there. I think that this one is definitely going to stay close enough, similar to to the game uh, earlier in the season when these two teams faced off uh, up in Foxborough at Gillette. You know, when uh, that was a three point game, forty three to forty, I believe was the final score in that one. So uh, overall, I think that I just I like this Patriots team to be able to. Uh, Keep it close. If not, uh, pull it out. Um, I also think that the cold weather is going to minimize the effect of that home field advantage that you brought up earlier in Arrowhead Ridge. So DP took a one-way ticket to Narrativeville in conference championship for his New England Patriots, which is fine. They're near and dear to his heart. But yeah, Brady, three and four on the road in the playoffs. And one of those wins was that ridiculous Chargers game where Brady threw the game-losing interception and Troy Brown miraculously punch the ball out, Pats get the ball back, and score. That record should be even worse. Should be 2-5 and five on the road. It's just different, man. And it goes back to what I just said. Playing on the road in the spot is just different. Mahomes goes, plays his worst game of the season to my eyes in Gillette, and they only lose by three points. I have no idea how the Patriots get any stops in this game. Gilmore has been amazing. Uh, and unlike... Tlaib, he's been great in the slot. He's actually played 136 snaps in the slot, and he's fourth in yards given up per snap. And I do trust him to travel with one of the receivers and do well. But the problem is, when you play the Chiefs, it's not just Tyree Kill. It's not just Travis Kelsey. It's not just whatever back is coming out of the backfield. But now, and this is going to sound insane to people, but I think the key to this game and one of the reasons why the Chiefs will be unguardable is, drumroll please, Sammy Watkins. They gave Sammy Watkins two months off. He aggravated his foot in week nine. They gave him week 10 off, and then he came back week 11. They said, you know what, buddy, just shut it down. So two complete months off, stay off the foot. He comes back next week, uh, last week, sorry, eight targets, caught six of them for 62 yards. He was probably the third or fourth passing option, but when he left this season, he was on pace for 70 catches for 915 in five touchdowns. Again, that's as the third or fourth receiver on the team. I don't know how the Pats do it. On top of that, the Pats can't generate a pass rush, 30th in adjusted sack rate, and this is insane. Patrick Mahomes' passer rating with a clean pocket is 131. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how the Pats get any stops in this game. And I think it's first to 50 wins, and I trust the Chiefs to get there first. So if this game gets short of three, I think it's a, a Brinks trucks spot for the Chiefs. Back it up. Put it all in on KC. I still love it at three. I love the over on 55 and a half since it's plummeted with the weather. So yeah, love me some KC in this spot. Mr. Nawara, what you got? Well, I like the Chiefs here. I mean, I think the Chiefs, just at the most basic level, this this team is better than the Pats. I think this line should be minus four. Um, when I look at the way these two teams match up, what gave the Chiefs the most last time, Pats, was kind of, it didn't seem like they were ready for some of these like zero blitzes really came after Mahomes. And he missed some throws that I think he's probably not, not going to miss. In, I'm assuming the Pats are going to come with some of the same stuff. And I think that's something you can scheme against. Um, Andy Reid and Mahomes will be ready for these zero blitzes. I think that's the biggest 
match. Um, if the Chiefs can scheme and somewhat like slow down these blitz packages that Belichick's going to bring, I don't see how the Pats can even get one stop. I mean, I really think like if the Chiefs along Reed does a good job of scheming and it comes down to Mahomes' arm making plays, the Pats are cooked by the ball. Not that confident. Uh, it's just going to come down to once again the D ends and Chris Jones and, and just pressure on Brady. And the Chargers didn't seem to give a shit. I think anyone who's going to play the Pats is going <laughs> to. I mean, hopefully you don't need need to watch the tape to figure this out. But like sitting back in umbrella zone and not even caring to try to bring any heat on a dude who can't move and has a putrid arm, that's probably... I think if the Chiefs mix things up a little bit, win a few battles up front, they can hopefully get enough stops. Um, and yeah, I'm just not scared of any of these Once, I mean, what would really be scary for the Chiefs would be if the Pats had a tight end who could really put pressure on defense. Uh, luckily, that's not the case. How sad, um, How sad is have, that matchup? Eric Berry back this Yeah, week. they have some old... Eric Berry running around. Well, and a corpse will be a corpse. Nope, but not worried about that. A corpse will be covering him too. How sad is that matchup going to be this weekend? Corpse Berry on Corpse Gronk. Yeah, that used to be like the premier matchup you would watch on the field between these two teams. It was awesome when Eric Berry Gronk and such a key matchup, and nobody gives a shit about that anymore because (laughs) Gronk sucks and Eric Berry is just got a zombie. Yeah, like so. Yeah, I mean, Josh Gordon was kind of really scary against the Chiefs before 90 or something, or 5 for 70. I don't, I looked it up earlier. He he had the most targets on the team. So, of those, uh, uh, did, um, James White is probably the biggest problem uh, on the Chiefs out of the backfield. Obviously, we saw what happened to the Chargers last week 15 catches, which is insane. Riches Reads. Making adjustment at some point james i don't know but hopefully the chief staff and i'm just confident on the other side of the ball that the patriots aren't going to be able to do anything against mahomes first to 50 gonna win i really like the over as well rich in this one yeah i just i thought all the studies that i've understood and if i'm wrong somebody please tweet one at me at rich t ryan all the studies that i understand about weather conditions in football always correlate with wind very rarely temperature and very rarely precipitation it's always been wind-based and now that the weather is not as bad as it seems i mean this total dropped four points from the opener because of public perception yeah, I think people assume that that cold weather affects things, but like you said, it's definitely wind. And the wind, the wind looks like it's going back to normal, like six miles an hour, right? Or would, would you put seven miles an hour in in the chat earlier? I mean, yeah, six so seven miles. That, that's not going to be a factor and there, at all. Everything that I'm again told to understand is that you're only supposed to start worrying about wind up to like fifteen, fifteen and higher. In so, temperatures below thirty degrees. Uh, in games since 2000, the overs come in nearly 56% of the time. There you go. I love the over. It's like, it's like, one, it's like 110 it's and 85 or something. Who's getting a stop in this game, you know? 
<laughs> I mean, the, ga- the game last week in New England was cold. It was nice, but it was cold, right? There was no wind, and, you know, there was enough points in that game. Yeah, for sure. And another thing, DP went to Narrativeville, but he skipped Andy Reid Narrativeville on the way. Here's a guy who moved into a tie for seventh in all-time playoff wins last week, and all he's heard for his entire career, including a Super Bowl loss against Bill Belichick, is that he's not as good as Bill. He's a choker. He never gets it done. I mean, this is a spot where, do you think Andy Reid has gotten a wink of sleep preparing for this game? And do you, is there any doubt in your mind that during that off week, or during the last few weeks of the season, that Andy Reid was putting together a game plan for this game at Arrowhead against these Patriots. Like, Narrativeville, to me, points me directly at Andy Reid destroying the Patriots in the spot, trying to embarrass them. You look at this, the history of these two teams, um, the Chiefs, the past few years, have had a, a lot of success against the Pats, success than any other team has had against the Pats, um, except for maybe Denver. But um, obviously, offs once the one time they they played. But overall, I mean, you don't want to like take too much away from something like that because and and things change a lot. But one thing that has stayed the same is these two coaches, and it has showed that he belongs on the field with Belichick. Like he's not gonna go out there and get circles coached around him the way. I I think that the history of the Chiefs being successful against the Pats does give one clue right right there that Andy Reid knows what he's doing when he lines up um, across the field from Bill Belichick and maybe in a similar way that Donnie always said. I think you ended that with Tomlin just choking against the Patriots. Is that what you're saying? It's like the antithesis of Tomlin Belichick? No Mike Tomlin, no Lynn, <laughs> no... Uh, whoever, whatever, Chuck Pagano, whoever else these idiots are. Yeah. Pagano. Andy isn't going to go out there and just drown. Yeah. The, the most prevalent example of that was last season. Patriots celebrating the Super Bowl, opening the season at Gillette. Welcome to the league. Kareem Hunt (laughs) absolutely embarrassed the Patriots at home opening weekend. So yeah, D- DP, are you going to apologize for that Frank Reich take that you had last week? No, I'm not going to apologize for that Frank Reich take. What, what, sorry, his quarterback played like absolute ass last week. And what was he like? Uh, he was like go. over 85 to start the game and just throwing balls into the dirt all over the field. No, I'm not going to apologize. I think Frank Reich's a really good coach. So why did he stay in zone the entire game and get his brains beaten by Mahomes? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I don't know. I've seen a lot of dumb shit from Andy Reid over the years, though, that's for sure, that I would question and be like, why did you do that? Why did you do that? Why did you do that? So, yeah. I think you can pretty much say that about every single coach in the NFL. Well, why do these coaches just not want to get out of their bases and, like, own a specific game plan? Isn't that what the playoffs are supposed to be all about? Like, when you look at the NBA, like, that's such a huge thing, you know? Um, Specific opponents and certain players get played off the floor or whatever in the playoffs because their weaknesses get exposed. Coaches want to do the same thing in the NFL. Like, why don't they come out and say, well, this is the best way to coach against the Patriots. So 
his ego is that big they just come out we're just we're gonna do our stuff and they're gonna have to adjust to us i mean i don't know that's just to me well i I think teams believe that as long as they do their stuff to the best of their ability that's the winning formula and that's not necessarily the case um you can even you can do it really well and still lose but these teams never adjust them. You saw it last week with the Chargers. They never got out of that stupid cover three or even put anyone on James White the whole game. Well, I think like, the, what, the Chargers, again, are a weird case. Yes, Gus Bradley was super stubborn, stayed in his base, didn't change anything. But again, I've said this point a million times, they had zero linebackers going into that game. Other than that random guy from that random town in Nebraska that I uh, pronounced incorrectly. Zero line. Okay, that's fine, but why you can't tell me that a defensive back can't cover James White better than a linebacker? Yeah, you have. Well, they essentially had defensive backs covering him because they had safeties. Well, in the box. Have fifteen catches. That's, that's what I'm, I, I think. Like the fourth string defensive back should be able to in your first string linebacker at covering a running back. Well, then what happened? Well, specifically then, covering. Sure. So okay, you bring in your your dime cornerback. You put him near the line of scrimmage, and then they just run Sonny Michelle at you. Which is what they did. So there's nothing the Chargers could have done last week, in my opinion, to win that game. The the way that it ran out. Everything that the Chargers put on the field, the Patriots would have countered with something that would have worked. They were just in a really shitty spot that they couldn't overcome. You I mean, put it- isn't that also what has always made Bill Belichick excel more so than the competition? Is he's always well, he, at least he's always seemed to like be willing to do the game plan for that week, as Mo just mentioned, you know, totally. it, this week it's running the ball that week. It's, it's passing the ball this week, you know, the different things. Totally. The most, the most important thing to me in football is being able to win multiple ways. And that's what gives me a bit of fear. A pinch of fear about the chiefs is that they cannot win in multiple ways. They need to score a ton of points. And if that gets derailed, what are they going to do? They've got really no backup plan to going out and scoring infinite points. Whereas if you look at last week, the Chargers, they were not going to win in multiple ways. The Cowboys, they sure as hell weren't going to win in multiple ways. They were going to run the ball and play defense. That's about it. So you need to be able to bend and be flexible. And it's just it's just mandatory in order to have success. And that's why the Patriots have been so good for so long because their plans are team specific. They don't have a philosophy that is going to dictate what they do. Their philosophy is what is the other team's weakness? What is the other team's strength? Let's attack the former and avoid the latter. And that's why they've been so great. It's so simple, but that's really what it comes down to. And that's why they're GOAT. And that's the conference championship. You guys can still get your raffle tickets in. Be sure to check out Twitter at GridironGamble. We will also do the Super Bowl, so be on the lookout for that. After the Super Bowl, we will select the winners, get you those classic jerseys, and some Gridiron Gamble shirts. Quickly, to recap, we are split on Rams at Saints. The disciple, Brett Colson and Mo are on the road Rams getting three and a half. DP and I are on the Saints. And then DP is a lone wolf on his New England Patriots getting three at Arrowhead Stadium.
Follow these guys on Twitter, Donnie, at Donnie underscore Peters, and at Mo Noara, N-U-W-W-A-R-H. DP, actually real quick, DP, you said you had some props you were interested in. Why don't you just fire some more? Um, well, I don't anymore. Uh, once you guys didn't Sammy, really Sammy respond, was too enthusiastic. I didn't look too hard into it. Although I do like Alvin Kamara at, I think he's at Westgate over 62 or 61 and a half rushing yards. I didn't see a Tom Brady passing yards prop, which I was kind of interested in seeing where that was at. Um, just, just given the fact that I think a lot of people will, um, would be on the other side, given the weather situation that we talked about, I think there's going to be enough throwing in this game. Um, but I didn't see that one listed, so I can't bet on that, which I'm, I'm sad about right now. Every Samuel Watkins over. I mean, I don't, I don't mind that. You know, if the Pats, you know, game plan to take away uh, Tyreek and then Kelsey, I mean, the other receivers should be open. The, the Patriots secondary is not deep at all. What is this? Oh, the only one I can get is Sammy Watkins is twelve to one to score the first touchdown. Love that. Get it in there. I can't find anything else. All right. Maybe we'll tweet some out at Gridiron Gamble. And that's that. Best of luck this weekend in your betting ventures. Enjoy the football. I think we're going to get two great games. Fingers crossed. Playoffs have not been great so far. Let's get two great games on Sunday. Until then, peace. Peace.